The following episode is brought to you by Cineo Lighting, the highest quality LED lighting systems available for motion picture, television, and photography industries. Find out more at CineoLighting.com. You're listening to Filmmakers Drinking Bourbon. Hey, what's up, World Wide Web? It's Brandon. And it's Alex. And we're filmmakers. And we're also drinking bourbon. We are. Cheers, Cheers buddy. Mm. Today's mm. a nice little blend. Yeah. So, you know, we're doing this midday today, so. <sighs> you know what that sound little... is? You know what that sound right there is? What? Delicious? <sighs> you don't do that with a bourbon glass. That's with a coffee mug. Yeah. That's a hot That's coffee. Saying. It's I, midday, yeah. so we need a little caffeine with our bourbon. Yeah, and I mixed up a little NZ coffee. There you go. The way the New Zealanders drink it, they drink their coffee with a little bit of bourbon. Yeah, uh, straight according from to uh, Rolo over in Whipster, uh, it's called an NZ coffee. Always, it's all amazing. day long. So we got it's a little. We got a lot of bourbon here at the show, and so uh, sometimes you know after we uh, we feature a bourbon. Uh, the liquor cabinet is full with you know mm. half half bottles of bourbon, We're like quarter eight bottles, eighth bottles, yeah, tiny. The drippings sometimes, yeah. and we don't we don't waste it. No. So sometimes we'll take multiple bottles and concoct it into some sort of a mix. Like so a three bourbon, you know, old fashioned. Yeah. So whatever. right now we're doing an NZ coffee, mm-hmm. and I'm not gonna lie, there's multiple bourbons in here. There you go. And they're all FDB approved. Nice, lovely, so, nice, nice. Well, how you been, buddy? Been good. Been great, been busy. We got some projects coming up that we've been yeah, I actually, scouting. And I'm actually casting right now. You I, are. You're I, taking a break. Yeah, I uh, I had a casting from 9 to 11. Mm-hmm. I grabbed lunch. I came down here to the studio. We're going to knock this out, and then I go back at like 2 to do the second half. Perfect. So it's, Finding it's a lot talent. of fun. Yeah. Cool, man. So Yeah, it's, it's a busy time in our lives. It's a good time. It is. And yeah. so this has been an exciting month uh, brought to you by Cineo Lighting. Yeah, they're giving away. How uh, fun is that? We we mispronounced it last time. Yeah, what's it called again? It's the Matchbox Kit, Matchbox. Light, which is actually much bigger and it's more expensive and it's really nice yeah. and it's not Matchstick. Matchbox. Yeah, the Matchstick is like a smaller. Yeah, it's Matchbox. Longer thing. It's like multiple Matchsticks. Yeah, and so we've already had some great participation. A lot of people entering. You got all month to enter. It's a five hundred dollar light. Yeah. Why would you not? It's want really this? nice. So, Perfect. Uh, Alex, explain the light a little bit. Um, what what kind of lighting is it? What do you think it's going to be good to use for? It's going to be great for your on-camera lighting, your, you know, sticking up in the corner, mounting in cars. Mm-hmm. It's perfect. It's it's probably also a good light. Sometimes you're on set and there's that little thing in the background that what you, you just, What you would call a pinger. Yeah. You want to get a little pinger I, on I it. I call it a pinger. Or zinger. Yeah. Yeah. A zinger. And uh, <laughs> you say, hey, man, throw a little little pinger pang on that thing in the back. Zinger zang, yeah. Just to bring it to life. And that this is that type of light. It's really cool. It's like $500. It's Great. Our friends from Cineo are going to give it away for free. All you have to do is shout out to us on Twitter, and you want to holler at at Cineo Lighting. Yes, that's them. And at FDB Podcast. That's us. And then hashtag FDB Giveaway. That's the thing. If you do that, you'll be entered to win for the drawing. A lot of fun. We're really excited. And this whole month... Uh, we're talking with people from all over. We're highlighting production production cities. cities. Yeah, last week was Chicago. Or, no, I'm sorry, New York. Wasn't Chicago? Oh, it Come was. On. It was supposed to be. Last week was New York. We had uh, Angus uh, Oborn. Angus Oborn was on the show. Great DP, DP, stills photographer, all around great guy. That was a fun show. Australian. Yeah. Cool. This week we're we got special guests. You know what we're doing? Huh? A lot of people Coast. refer to this as the East Coast versus the West Coast. Yeah. Coastal rivalry, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna go head to head. We've got a special guest from L.A. via Cincinnati. I know our good buddy Alex Parks. Alex Parks, producer, producer. extraordinaire, great guy. All, All right, right, dial let, him up. Let's dial him up. It's like a hip hop modem. Alex, you there? Oh, man, that was the best sound effect <laughs> ever. What up? What's up, man? How's it going? Uh, we miss you, buddy. Hey, I, I'm sorry that I'm not in the room with you, <laughs> but I will be your fill-in guest anytime. Oh, you, like, man, just great. woke up, didn't you? Yeah. It's, like, yeah, early out yeah, there. It's, it's morning. Well, this is, I'm like Donald Trump. I get up, I call the morning shows. Today's <laughs> news. This have is you, Alex Trump here. Have, right. you, have you poured yourself a New Zealand coffee? Uh, yes. Just, <laughs> 
minus the Zealands or whatever. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Dude, actual, even when it's yeah. not morning, I just can't do the whiskey coffee. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, I'm doing it for you, buddy. Upper and downer. Fantastic. So, uh, so just to give a little context around here, Alex Parks is a producer, sort of all-around, get-it-done guy, uh, was working out of Cincinnati, and me and Alex Elkins uh, had worked with him on several projects, mm-hmm. uh, had a lot of fun. But recently, probably in the past, I don't know, six months, um, he decided he's going to leave us. And yeah. he's going to head Screw for the big this. time, and you made your way out to L.A. So um, tell us a little bit about that journey. Why did you decide to leave the production world of the Midwest? And you had a lot of clients here. You were doing some really cool projects. Why did you decide to make the jump? And let's hear a little bit about the journey. Yeah, sure. Well, uh, I won't. I, I loved your episode with Sarah talking about what a producer does. It was super thorough, and I second everything she said. So I won't necessarily get into that end of it, but um, I think just in terms of the market in Cincinnati, it's really tough to find work as a freelance producer. And I I was able to to make a living and did it for about a year and a half after leaving a full time job, um, just by sort of diversifying. I did a little consulting. I did a little agency producing. I did a little, you know, freelance producing for guys like you. Um, and that was great and all, but, um, you're just constantly doing something completely different. And I liked aspects of each of those things, but it was never, uh, you know, I think like a lot of people, I'm someone who just grew up loving film and television and not really knowing what path that would take me down. And I sort of stumbled onto the commercial route because there's some some great people and great crews in Cincinnati. Um, but a few years in, it was like this isn't what I ultimately wanted to be doing. It's not the kind of content I wanted to be producing. And so that uh, you know this sort of narrows the list down to either New York or LA, unless you're someone financing your own projects. And so uh, and so na- LA was the natural choice because there's no winter here. Nice. <laughs> so what exactly? Are the types of projects you yeah. want to do? What do you, like, you what do you mean by that? More narrative? What do you what do you want to do? What are you yeah, chasing? So so uh, and you guys talked a lot about the sort of Cincinnati market on that Sarah episode, but you know, Cincinnati's a lot of commercial work, a lot of brand work, um, a, a decent as you guys know, a decent amount of work that you'll shoot that never gets seen because it's always internal or it's test or it's mm-hmm. whatever. Um, I was always interested in original content and and that's a pretty broad term, but I feel like it's it's getting broader every day because you've got web content that's that's just as high quality as a lot of the content that's on TV or even in indie films these days. So, um, so I've, I've purposely, I, I purposefully answer it that broadly because I do think I'm more interested in working with talented people than I am in, in what the medium is, I guess. And so, yeah. um, so it's been great to be out here and just, you know, try to be social, which I'm not necessarily naturally good at, but <laughs> well, I, I think people that make that kind of stuff that I enjoy, you know. That's cool, and cool. I think that's a great uh, that's a great adjective, original content because that's the buzzword, man. Every Amazon originals, Netflix originals, HBO original, everybody is fighting in the marketplace with that very word because it's saying, "Hey, we are creating interesting content." Mm. So I like that's how you're positioning yourself. That's cool. Yeah. The yeah, word original is no longer original now, though. Yeah, it's no longer original. <laughs> But it is such a broad tent and it is, I mean, it's, it's restructuring the way that, that that kind of stuff gets made. And so you've got a lot of smaller shops, um, you know, looking to like sign overall deals with networks and content providers because they just want to be a company that turns out a bunch of stuff. And so it's been interesting to see, you know, to, to see it as a viewer from the outside and watch as, you know, you're watching Netflix shows and Amazon shows and whatever. Um, but then to actually be out here and see how it's how it's sort of restructured the way people actually do business has been has been pretty fun to watch. So let's talk about that journey. So you go out there, you have this idea of kind of what you're looking for. I mean, did you start from a blank slate? How did you know who to call? What was your strategy? I mean, other listeners might be in that same position you were where they're saying, you know what, this is what I really want to do. I've always thought about going to L.A. I think I'm going to make the jump. Help them understand the climate and like what you should be thinking about if you make that move. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, I should caveat all of this by saying and explaining maybe a little bit of my my second life, which is producing for live content. Because you know, I think a lot of people when they move make a big move like this, they're probably either doing it when they're super young, and so they're just sort of throwing caution to the wind and starting from scratch. Um, it's a little. It feels a little weird to be doing it at my age or at my stage in my career, but I've been able to do it because. 
I, I have produced a lot of stuff in the live content space, which is something that I can really do from anywhere. And so it's been nice to have a bit of a lifeline and a bit of a, you know, I, I'm still connected to a lot of the people that I've still, that I've worked with for years and um, are really talented. And it doesn't feel necessarily like I've started from scratch the way that it might feel for some other people who are, you know, doing it at a different phase in their life. So, um, so I always like to caveat that. So it doesn't seem like I'm just, you know, Mary Tyler Moore throwing my hat into the wind, um, <laughs> because, because it has made it a lot easier. But so, uh, I certainly knew a lot of people just from even working production in Cincinnati, you meet a lot of out of town crews, you meet a lot of clients that are out of town. Um, and so there's, even if it's just people I've barely know, you know, you just sort of reach out and try to set up a, a little meeting and let them know who you are and what you're doing and all that good stuff. Um, and just a lot of sort of hustling on that social level and trying to get people to, you know, help you connect dots wherever they can. And, um, I would say it's probably a little bit of folks from school. I went to school for sort of general media. And so that was, there's a lot of folks that left for LA as soon as school was over and they've provided a lot of connections and friends of friends and those kinds of things. So there is a bit of, uh, you know, like I said, I'm not a naturally social person. So there, Hmm. there has had to be a little bit of like, uh, sucking it up and uh, be w- being willing to meet people that maybe you you only met once five years ago or friends of friends that you just happen to share things in common and so you get you know set up on a friend date. <laughs> a lot of uh, that kind of stuff has actually led to just friendships and and yeah. work that has been really fun. No doubt, yeah, it's a small world and there's a, a lot of crossovers. That's a, a nice yeah, you- good way to start. Yeah, you forget that it's, you know, everyone has been in this position or is in this position at, at, at some level. Yeah. So were you were you making cold calls at all? Were you knocking on doors? Were you like, hey, I'm knocking Alex, I'm doors. in town, I'm a producer? <laughs> were you, I mean, were you yeah. answering stuff on Production Hub? or? I, I have yet to go, I have yet to answer anything looking for people like me. I think what my strategy has been sort of 50-50 uh, meeting people trying to find connections, like I said, through people I know, and then half um, reaching out just as a freelance producer, because that's what I was doing even mm-hmm. before I left Cincinnati. Um, but reaching out to people that are maybe more um, in line with the kind of work that I do so or have done in the past. So, you know, reaching out to people that do that commercial and brand type work that, again, I don't want to do in the long run, but at least trying to sort of build my network out here of people that do that kind of work. And so uh, even there, it's like it might feel like cold calling at first and then you you meet a producer there and they go, oh, you know, you worked on this job at such and such and uh, you, you forget how small the world is and I feel like even the people that I sort of felt like I was cold calling, we eventually found some kind of some kind of connection or something we had in common. So yeah. even the cold calling doesn't quite feel like that. And I, <laughs> again, I think that's just a virtue of having done it for at least a few years i'm not totally starting from scratch um but yeah it's it's it feels like cold calling uh probably more than it actually is nice that's cool you know that's a lot of the same sentiments you're sharing is kind of what angus shared about you know when he first got to new york is is that and i think it is true about our production community is we are kind of a tight-knit group we're kind of a tribe who sticks together and once you know one person that opens a door to a bunch of other people and Exactly. Would you say that the most important thing is to to be who you say you are and say and do the things that you mean? You know what I mean? Like sort of have that integrity of if you say you're going to come to a meeting, show up. If you have said oh, you yeah. have produced this type of event, you should be able to show that on your reel. So is there is integrity of like who you are and what you've done an important part of being able to like gain respect? Absolutely. I mean, you're you're out there, uh, you know, kind of pitching yourself your your brand the brand that is you and if you're not and this is like the most cheesy you can tell i come from the agency <laughs> world it's like uh if it's inauthentic it's obvious you're gonna you're gonna you know people can smell it a mile away so and it's it's also gonna bite you in the ass in the long run if you're you know trying to oversell yourself or you know you're over promising on things that you can't mm-hmm. deliver on so it's and, and again i think it it's probably took a few years to maybe learn some hard lessons before you realize like, Hey, it's okay to go into a meeting and you know, maybe you're not right for it. It's okay to say that someone's going to respect that a lot more in the long run for you to be able to communicate that. Um, so yeah, I think there is a certain level of like, 
uh, knowing who you are and what your skill set is and being willing to be super upfront with people about that. That's nice. Cool. That's Very awesome. cool. Hey, so something that Angus talked about, uh, you know, between coming from a smaller market, he was in Australia, moved to New York, you're from Cincinnati, moved to LA. What are some of the differences in like the actual production? You know, he was talking about riding subways and getting Ubers with gear and what are you dealing <laughs> with? Uh, yeah, well, that's a good question because I'm not, one of the things that I liked about moving to a bigger market is, you know, I've always done a little bit of everything in production simply because that's what you do in a smaller market and I'm happy to do that whenever I have to, but it's been great to be able to find my niche a little bit more and to actually stick to that niche. So my sort of bread and butter, I guess, has always been more of the post-producing side of things. Mm. And um, even if there's production involved, I, I guess being in more of an EP role where we're outsourcing production or you know engaging other people to handle some of the logistics. So I, it, what's been great for me is that I don't necessarily have to get as involved in nitty gritty production stuff the way that I might have had to before. <laughs> <your> cushy post suite. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I get to yeah. It's it's my favorite part, just telling everyone else what to do and nice. that out. It's it's uh, but it has been fun that there's you know when you're out here, even smaller budgets, budgets out here support project management in a way that they just don't in a smaller market. Mm. So I've been able to to yeah, I guess lean in a little bit more to what I think my skill set is, which is a little bit more on the people management side and on the, the technical side of post management and um, so I, I don't know that I've necessarily had like a oh this is crazy different you know I hear yeah. stories from friends of mine that are more on the production side ADs and PAs and people that are just dealing with you know the insane hours and logistics. all of union restrictions and logistics all of that good stuff nice. and it makes me happier than ever that I don't have don't to do have that to, yeah. no <laughs> what, talk a little bit about on the post side, you know, as a post producer, let's dig into your niche a little bit to let people kind of know the difference. That's one of the things that, that Sarah on the producer show didn't really dig into too much. At what point, you know, how do you, how does one, I guess, specialize in that realm? Are you, you're managing sort of these workflows between the producers and the clients and the editors? And are you dealing with like the rights usage of say, you know, historic stock footage and stuff like that? Or are you like, talk a little bit more about, about how, how a post producer really plays out. Yeah. I, I think, um, at least on the level that I've done it and, and obviously the moral of both of these episodes is it's a super nebulous term to say producer, but <laughs> at least, at least from my end, um, it's, it's the management of people and projects that are only post related. So, to your question about some of the specifics, like I haven't had to get into, you know, licensing and things like that are usually handled by the agency. Usually I'm working in a situation where we're creating everything from scratch. And so, mm -hmm. um, whether it's a standalone piece or you're just delivering post for a, a bigger piece of content or something, um, I'm the producer who handles the people, the workflow, the timing, the calendars, all of the logistics of the post production. Um, and so whether that's, editorial and and that has its own you know there's a whole world of people that pretty much just do editorial there's a whole world of people that do vfx and animation type work and i've sort of bounced around um across a few of them and a lot of that's just because of my background but uh in producing stuff for live content that's happened a lot as well you just you, you find yourself you know it's a live show and then you sort of dive in and figure out what the content is and then you reach out and figure out how to produce that so sometimes it's post-production sometimes it's um there's some live action involved. Sometimes it's a combination of both. And that's where I guess I would, in a situation like that, fall more into the EP side of things. Um, but it's, it's, it, there's a lot less, um, I guess in some of your questions, it's like, there's a lot less forward facing or client facing stuff that I have to deal with. And a lot more sort of backside management of expectations gotcha. and timelines and things like that. Do you, do you find yourself really leaning on your, your, your book of relationships for colorists and motion designers and stuff like that to really Absolutely. So so talk a little bit about the importance of that. Like do you what do you do to maintain those relationships and are you how do you make sure that those things are, you know, feeling good so that, you know, when you call somebody you got that good connection and, and you kinda understand each other, you have that chemistry? Yeah, I mean that's a good question and it's not I I probably constantly feel like I am 
not like I'm always meeting new people. Like I'm always starting that relationship from scratch because you can meet people and you can have, you know, nice conversations, but you're not really going to know how it is to work with someone until you actually do it. A lot of that stuff just comes from, you know, bringing a new designer or a new animator onto a team just to sort of test them out with a bunch of people that you've hopefully worked with before and are comfortable with. Um, so a lot of that relationship management is really just being willing to take a chance on people based on a few things and, and then see how they work out. Um, I, more and more, I find myself relying on new people. Like I, I definitely have my go-tos that I like for a lot of the logistical stuff. So whether it's like um, animating things or uh, like edit assists in a lot of the support roles. But when you're talking about creative um creative roles, editor, designer, people that are really going to bring something to the project. Um, There's, you know, a short list of people that I stay in contact with and that we'll use regularly, but I actually really like meeting new people and just, you know, spending an afternoon on Behance and trying to find like, you know, five new people with five completely different styles that I can just sort of hit up, see, you know, how often they're available, see what kind of work they do. Um, and again, it's 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 the whole world is freelancers in my world, and so it's really easy to hit people up and just strike up a conversation because I think everyone sort of understands that that's how it works. That you have to sort of start somewhere before you can really dive in and and have a good working relationship with somebody. No doubt, yeah. So, how do you go about finding new people, and what do you look for in you know a new post role, basically? Yeah, I, I think uh, it varies. A little bit depending on the role, but certainly just like hitting things up on Vimeo for editorial and, and more director DP types is a great source. Just checking out staff picks channels that are you know geared towards whatever you're looking for, um, and, and Behance for a lot of the designer, animator, illustrator type roles because it's um, you know your clients are certainly always going to look for something and their criteria are always different. Some, some people are just looking for name brands that, that these people have worked on. Some people are more concerned about the style. Like maybe they haven't done things for huge brands, but they have this particular style. Um, I, I've certainly worked on a lot of jobs where um, by the time I come onto the job, the, the design or the creative has been developed to the point that it's, it's pretty well defined and it's a style that exists out there. And so it's a matter of just going out and finding people who do that type of style and then, you know, narrowing it down from there based on who's available and cost and all those logistical things. Um, so there it's, I've just sort of built into my life now that, um, you know, I need to spend a certain amount of time a week just sort of looking for new people and looking for new talent. That's cool, man. So it sounds to me like from your point of view, and if, you know, if I'm a, an editor or a colorist, let's say I'm wanting to make the move to LA or regardless, I'm just existing online. We're a global culture now. It sounds to me like you're, you're really looking for up to date, fresh reels and content showing off the different abilities, styles that you can do versus like a strong resume, right? Is that? Oh yeah. A hundred percent. I don't think, I don't think I've ever asked for someone's resume. I don't think anyone's ever asked for my resume <laughs> in yeah. all of these years. And, and it, it is great that we have all of these platforms. And again, I'm going to just fall back on my agency speak and, and say that it's so much, you know, your, your online presence is your storefront. It's your brand. Mm-hmm. It's the thing that people are seeing. And so, um, so yeah, it's like I said, it's in lots of cases, it's, I'm not necessarily as concerned with who you've worked for as long as like, you know, your, your portfolio could be half, uh, spec stuff. And as long as it's a style that I'm looking for and I can see that you can execute something, um, it's it's super obvious and it'll be really easy to say, hey, you know, let's take a chance on this person, even if maybe they don't have as much experience or the exact type of experience that that we think we're looking for. And I think a lot of that, it's a little bit harder to do on the commercial side, which is another reason why um, I, I always sort of shied away from that, just because you have so many different layers of people on the client and agency side that have their own sets of prejudices and expectations about you know <laughs> what makes someone good or what oh, makes yeah. someone good. Um, We've worked and, on a couple of those <laughs> together, haven't we? Exactly. <laughs> uh, but in this in, in the sort of live content world that I've worked in, particularly when you're like creating um, video content for musicians and stuff, it's great because they just have a they just want something that's cool, and they'll yeah. go online or maybe they already have and found whatever they think is cool and whatever they want for their show, and um, 
you know, it, it can be frustrating because then sometimes maybe you are working with people that are inexperienced, but, um, but it's such a, I just feel like it's such a more freeing way to work and makes for so much, so many more interesting interactions with people. That's cool. Nice. Speaking of people, you know, there's a, uh, people coming from the Midwest and the production areas out here. We kind of have this view of New York, LA, Chicago, yeah. these bigger markets. Glamorous. These glamorous, <laughs> these kind of you Hollywood know, super stars, experienced crew members. Lots of money. Some egos. How are the people out in LA? How, what have you <laughs> yeah. come across in the crew realm, in the producer realm? Is clients? it that glamorous? Yeah. Let, let me tell you, I will never forget, as I'm sure you guys feel the same way, some of the out of town crews that come to a market like Cincinnati and just assume that we're all bumpkins. Oh, and, yeah. And blame all of their problems on us, us <laughs> lowly crew members. Um, so I totally know the sentiment, and it's—I I mean, this is maybe more uh, a comment on just sort of the city in general. But like, certainly versus New York, it's such a friendly town to be in, and just such a—you uh, know, usually it's fake. I mean, usually you're here, <laughs> but I would—I prefer that than uh, you know going to New York and getting yelled at, and then yeah. breaking ice and figuring out that you get along. Um, uh, but yeah, no, I think in general it, it's, it's people are very friendly and certainly on a producer level, I've just met a lot of great people that I haven't necessarily worked with yet, but just, um, created, you know, some great friendships with producers mm-hmm. because so many people on my level are like, Oh, you're a producer too. I never meet producers because I'm always the producer. <laughs> and so what, you know, what do you do and how do you do it? And we have a lot of the same conversations that we're having now. So, um, so overall, even if it is fake, it's pleasant and I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> that's always good. I love your, your honesty. That's yeah. great. Uh, so th- that was, that's good. Cause I think that's a lot of people, um, you know, again, especially if you're a young filmmaker, you get this idea in your head of like what it's going to be to, you know, to do this sort of thing. Now in, in Cincinnati, you know, somebody who has the dream to, to be a filmmaker and Cincinnati market, you're really going to end up mainly pushing a lot of commercial work because we have, you know, Procter and Gamble's here. We've got a lot of that type of work, some brand, you're going to be doing branded content work, that sort of stuff. Mm. When people think of LA, they think of movies, the big time yep. silver screen. Um, is that a, is that a pipe dream for a young filmmaker? Like only the one percenters who are related to the Coppola's actually get to do that. Or <laughs> are there real opportunities for people to go out there and make it happen? Uh, well, I certainly am. It's probably a little bit out of my depth to totally answer that question, but I can just give you my impression, which is, um, you know, it, it very much depends on what you want to do. I've met lots of creative people that are maybe DPs or, um, people that, you know, would like to be on a path where eventually they're shooting great features or shooting even, you know, interesting TV shows. Um, and it's tough for them because they exist in this world that was sort of built for old Hollywood and has, um, you know, for all the good that they do, there's tons of the union restrictions and things that make it really difficult to sort of break in. Um, but you also have tons of people out here. Obviously, this is Mecca for management and studios and production houses that are far more concerned with something that's going to sell than they are with where you come from and what your background is. And so, um, so I, I still think it's true that wherever you are if you're making good things and you're sharing them with the world it doesn't really matter where you're from now more than ever i think i think maybe it's uh i don't know maybe it's changed why people come to a place like la it definitely doesn't feel necessary for tons of people the way that it you know sort of did when we were growing up and thinking that that's just what you had to do if you wanted to go work in this industry um but i also think if you're someone like me who's maybe not you know uh, I sort of gave up a while ago on trying to be a filmmaker myself because I'm much more interested in the the collaborative process. I'm not someone who, you know, comes up with ideas that I can execute myself. I've I've tried and failed too many times and mm. and that's fine because you know, you learn that you're much more comfortable in a certain role. And so for me to find more work in this role that was a natural fit just to go to a bigger market and try to, you know, connect with other people, but I think it just depends on who you are and if you're someone who is really creative and wants to, you know, be a filmmaker, write something, whatever it is, doing it and getting it produced at any level is, is feels so much more possible anywhere and it feels so much more um, possible to actually have that lead to something instead of, you know, just sort of creating it in a vacuum and never getting noticed. 
Nice, absolutely. Man, this is, this is, you're so positive wealth, today, man. You woke up on the right, on the happy side of the bed. <laughs> yeah. It's that weather out there. Well, speaking, it's, it is, you know. <laughs> so I was say, speaking of getting things done and produced, what what is next for you? What do you got in the yeah, pipeline? Man. What are you working on? What are you excited well, about? Yeah. yeah so I I've been doing, like I said, I've been doing a lot of the live content work. So that stuff has been, um, it's been really fun. I I don't think six or nine months ago I would have been happy to keep doing it, but I wasn't necessarily pursuing it and because it's something I can sort of do from anywhere, I've been doing a lot more of it. And I also really like it because, like I said, it's it's a much different relationship than when you're working with an agency um, or even just in general working on something that's commercial and has has more of a, um, you know, profit-motivated end goal. Um, so I've been doing actually a lot more of that kind of work. There's a company called Empirical that I've been doing a lot of work for that does really fun things. And um, Is there any, any examples of this? I mean, you can speak M- – Part of uh, Alex is being, um, he's definitely being humble right now. He definitely has produced some stuff for mm-hmm. major faces that are on the front of iTunes. If we said who they were, if we were allowed to or whatever, you would know them. So he's definitely been grinding on a, on a high level. So it's not just, you're, you're not just out there making music videos for unknown artists or <laughs> concerts. These, peop- these, totally. these people have worldwide tours that mm. Alex helps to bring together. So that's yeah, been that really man. cool. You know, that's something that I'm happy that I can actually talk about it because those are things, you know, in the commercial world so many times. I don't know why. Why are commercial people so concerned with oh, dude, commercial yeah. people? Procter and, yeah, and they, all have, they all have code names, right? Like, yeah. like oh, this project is code name. What, like, it's so weird. You just want to go, no one cares. Yeah, <laughs> no one you know? cares about whatever your product is. Yeah. Uh, no, but yeah, so uh, um, certainly at my old company, I worked for content. I worked on content for a lot of great names. We did stuff for... Kanye and Katy Perry and Taylor Swift and the new company um, that I've worked for as a freelancer a bit more. I mean, I've they sent me to CERN in Europe for to shoot some stuff for U2 hey. with this great time lapse photographer. Didn't you get to go to the Ad- the Atom Smasher? Yeah, it's it's CERN is like their equivalent really? of NASA, but instead of going to space, they're colliding atoms and large hadron collider. Yeah. It was insane. Yeah, <laughs> that's so, awesome. Um, so you know when you get to do things like that and meet people like that photographer and those scientists and those, uh, I mean, it's just a job that's taken me to so many crazy places and things. Um, you so mentioned, doing, you mentioned Taylor and Kanye yeah. were, you were the reason for the, the beef between them two, right? The tiff. Yeah, that's yeah, true. It's true. It was, <laughs> it's all it, was parts. it was all me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now that's the cool uh, thing about this job though, is we get to do so many different things. Like yeah. you could do a movie yeah. about science or a show about, music or you know whatever yeah. and learn a little bit about something new every time it's cool that's cool so aside from the concert stuff what, what kind of stuff have you dabbled into or what do you well so that's that's what is taking up the bulk of my time and then that's where i get to use my free time to just reach out to more of the types of people uh that are doing the kind of content that i want to be doing and i think you know to your, your guys questions about like what's it like out here how is this different i think it's been really interesting to see how people, how certain people can and certain people cannot wrap their heads around the fact that if you can produce for one thing, you can probably produce for another type of thing. There might not be a, a one-for-one exchange. There's certainly going to be a bit of a learning curve, but um, it's so hard for people to wrap their heads around the mm-hmm. fact sometimes that I'm producing things that are, you know, have large budgets and have high stakes and all of those things. Uh, someone in the TV world is just not really going to be able to wrap their heads around or care uh, my background because it's not, you know, there's not networks and there's not produced name brand producers and yeah. directors on my, on my resume, so to speak. So, um, but if so you, I, I've, as it's been said, if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. That's right. You know, and, I, <laughs> and that's, I, I love the way that, uh, Sarah put it on that last episode where she was like, you know, it's not, and I've heard so many producers say this, and I, I, it, I'm sure it sounds so rude to people that don't feel this way, but it's like it's not rocket science, and it's and it's a very <laughs> measurable list of things that you that's your job to sort of look out for as a producer, mm. and that's the skill set that you need. It doesn't really matter what what the format is or what the deliverable is. It, it's a project management set of skills that feels like you yeah. can apply it to you know a whole range of stuff. So. Um, so to your question, I've there's a fun little thing for Adult Swim that I've been working on in a great small production company that I hooked up with out here. That's the the level of things that I'd like to be doing. Uh, again, just meeting new talent that's doing sort of interesting off off kilter things. Um, 
So that's what I'm spending most of my free time doing when I'm not working is trying to sort of branch out and meet the more of those types of people that are producing that type of content. There's a lot of, you know, obviously there's a lot more comedy clubs and uh, things like Channel 101 that, you know, just produce content regularly with on a lower level, but with the intent of taking it really seriously and trying to learn and grow and meet new people. So, um, so it's a lot easier. I'm, I'm trying to find all those ins as much as possible. And, and I've met some great people, but so far I'm still on the, the upswing of, of transitioning from what I've been doing to what I want to be doing. Cool. It's awesome, man. Just growing and grinding. I like it. I like it. So uh, I mean, I assume you don't have too much free time cause you're, hustling or whatnot but you got to be able to find in time to to throw in a couple shows or a couple films what have you been watching oh my god it's all i do all day long i can't <laughs> i can't just email i have that i i've been loving baskets if you guys watch baskets on fx no no what is it's, baskets uh louis ck zach al and Grizel's show ah. uh it's just it's just fantastic. It's a. It's. I think I've heard them describe it as a slapstick tragedy. <laughs> nice. It's. It's not a straight up comedy. It's a. Um. It, it, it's worth checking out and watching blindly if you haven't seen so it. So it's Lou, Louis style, basically, right? Uh, actually, it feels more. He's more of an EP on it, so it feels more like Zach style combined with Jonathan Krizel, who's ah. like the EP on Portlandia and has directed a bunch of great stuff started on like adult swim things. And cool. um, it's just a really great, it hmm. evolves in such a great way. It, it's one of those great shows where you can really see the intentionality behind it and see that they, you know, aren't producing it episode to episode. They really thought through the whole season and developed it as, as a one whole piece. Yeah. Um, would super, that be considered yeah, original content? Yes, yes, it would. <laughs> FX <the> original. <laughs> you know, you know what I love about this show is you know, we get to talk to so many cool people, and it's fun to hear. Like, there's just so many shows to like know everything, and so it's, it's nice. Impossible. That's why we love asking this question because we discover these it's little impossible. gems, and so we're stoked to uh, to hear this one. So check out Baskets on FXS. Check out Baskets. Check out Mr. You guys watch Mr. Robot? Oh my gosh! I, I watched the pilot episode. I I've yet to keep going, but I I'm seen it. dying to. It's so beautiful. So good, yeah. So damn good. The so. cinematography is unbelievable. Yeah, I saw the it trailer is. and that got me wanting to. But there's so many other yeah. shows that I, I can't. You know that to. he's Mr. Robot is also um, like King Tut in the uh, Night of the Museum movies. Oh really? Yeah, yeah he's I, like he's also in the Master King Totten Kuman <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, oh, he's in Short Term Twelve, which you guys should check out. He's got a smaller role in that. Yeah. But I don't know what made me think of that, but that's a great, a great. Somebody one here recommended that movie recently. That's awesome. Super anyway, good. cool, dude. Cool, well, man. what uh, about uh, what about uh, what? Yeah, any anything from like the the techie gear side, industry news side of things that you're excited about, or you're kind of like hyped about? Oh man, uh, nothing necessarily gear wise. I feel like I've you know in a in my past life when I did more production, I was like I sort of was like our ad hoc red tech at this mm. production company I was at. I was like following this stuff a lot more. Um, it, I'm loving the filmmakers blog just because it's a nice curated place for a lot of stories like that. I don't know if you guys have been following that mm. at all. No, um, let's check that out. it's, it's a little, a little more for, you know, people that are maybe overloaded by the gear blogs and the, uh, breaking news blogs and a little bit more focused on process and things like that. So, um, that's mm. fairly new and I've been reading that, uh, weekly and, checking out what's what's new on the sort of workflow and uh, a lot of inspiration related stuff a lot of stuff you know a lot of the same topics you guys talk about here about how do you how do you devote time to passion projects when you're trying to hustle and um, a lot of things that I think speak to this world that we all come from. What about, uh, so we were just at NAB. Uh, what about, you know, on the post side, Adobe, are you an Adobe guy, Final Cut guy? Yeah, I've, you know, I, on a personal level, I learned Final Cut 10 when it came out, and I've still yet to be asked to use it. Uh-huh. <laughs> in a, and, I, and I've also, just from a workflow standpoint, would shy away from it just as a post producer. So I'm, I'm, I like lots of features there, but I'm definitely a, an Adobe guy. Nice. Cool. That's what about uh, VR? Are you exploring producing with VR content? Is that something that you're hearing a lot of people talking about? Uh, Talk- no, it's, it's, uh, it's, you know, 
agency creative director's wet dreams. That's the only thing it's good for <laughs> at this point. Like I'm, I'm always excited for new technology, but it's just not at a point where it's of any interest unless you're, you know, I'm, I'm waiting for that first great, like we need the gone with the wind for VR. We need something to like really convince you that this is, you know, I, I don't think it's going to, I don't think it's going to happen in narrative cinema. I, I, yeah, I think I think it's like a utility. More I think it's anything. a gimmick. Um, I think it's a fun gimmick for trade shows and interactive and some other really cool applications. Tra- theme parks, training theme yeah. parks, um, maybe some health, mental health therapies. But I'm a skeptic. I'm not afraid to say it. Everybody wants to jump on the bandwagon. I'm not jumping on the bandwagon. I respect it. I'm going to learn it. I'm going to probably work in it. You know, for some different clients. But I just don't. I just don't see it. Yeah, I was. Uh, there was like a little street festival here a couple weeks ago, and PETA was there, hmm. and they had uh, a VR experience. See what it's like inside a. I think it was like a puppy mill or something, and uh, I thought like, Jesus, there's a creative idea that I want nothing to do with. Yeah, like that. That's great. I want nothing to do with that, and I don't understand. I totally get the utility that you can provide with it, but I don't think that translates to you know. I don't know. It's not that's that was that's not going to blow my mind to see a VR experience of something like that. It's going to confirm all the terrible things I'm sure I already knew. But like, yeah. what is the what well, I is mean, the purpose other than as a utility? I guess. No, I mean like NASA's doing stuff where you can kind of like explore the space station and you know stuff like that's cool. Places you yeah. can't go that you can now explore with VR, yeah. like that's neat. Totally, but kind of gimmicky again. And it, yeah, I mean it, it feels like. Uh, you know, it might maybe has more of a place in that sort of live world. Um, yeah. Where, yeah. You're, you're maybe it's a part of a, a bigger experience or it's a feature uh, along with other things. It doesn't feel like something that, you know, I'm ever going to purchase my own headset or that I'm going to go out of my way to you no. know, experience it. <laughs> nope. Nope, we on the show have talked about yeah. how it's going to be We're big stick- in porn and therapy. Yeah. That's about <laughs> porn and porn and therapy. Yeah. And I don't I'm always open to new to having my mind blown and like I said maybe just be like <laughs> nice nice of, segue. <laughs> it'll be the citizen cane of VR and it will totally change my mind but yeah. uh, but I just don't see on its own how it, the, the it will definitely is. be the citizen cane of porn. <laughs> oh lordy oh, oh man it's God. so much fun man it's so good to hear your voice buddy uh, yeah thanks for uh having yeah, me guys we'll yeah man sit down next time you're back out here and uh grab some bourbon yeah buddy no like, yeah anytime you guys need someone to just like riff on the day's news just hit me up i'll be here <laughs> perfect cool bud all right well uh we are gonna let you get off to your uh world of connecting and networking and all that jazz but days just getting started yeah have a wonderful day thanks for calling on the show we're so happy that uh we finally got you on the show yeah yeah thanks so much guys all right and uh just so people know how to find you because uh yes, there, there may be some other people directors people out there listening and they're like hey this guy sounds pretty cool where can people find you how do they work with you yeah, uh, alexparks.tv is my my sort of main hub. Um, I uh, produce uh, like the most nebulous way that we've been talking about the term producer. I'm uh, somebody who just likes meeting new people that create their own stuff because maybe it plays into some of the live work that I do. I like people that have you know passion projects that they're looking to produce, whether it's a short or. Um, anything like that. So I, there's really no good answer to that question. I'll, I'll meet with anybody. All right, cool. <laughs> and then are you on the social medias at all, uh, Instagram or Twitter? Yeah, Twitter, uh, alexparks.tv, spelled out, D-O-T-T-V, uh, and uh, on Instagram with the same same username, all one word, alexparks.tv. Awesome. Nice. Great. And you can always connect with us at fdbpodcast.com. We'll, we'll connect you to Alex you as well. Way. Yeah. All right, man. Have a great so, day. Thanks so much, bud. All right, thanks, guys. Peace. All right. Cheers. It's awesome. Nice. Man. Alex is a great guy. What a guy. Yeah, he, he is very good at what he does, so definitely make sure to connect yeah. with him. So it sounds like there's the reoccurring theme huh. you know, that we've heard on East or West Coast is be, have integrity. You know, be, be yourself. Be yourself and make sure don't, – don't claim you've done stuff that you haven't done. Absolutely not. Right. When you start doing that, you get caught and you get in trouble. Yeah. And, and people, you, can, you can't be trusted. Bad reputation. You can't be trusted because someone's, you know, you said you claimed that you knew how to uh, to edit in, um, you know, uh, Avid. Yeah. But then you don't. Trust is you important. S- you sit down and you're like, uh, how do you do this function? And you don't know. Trust is very important. It's easy to lose and hard to gain. You so know? make sure you keep it. 
Yes. Uh, the other thing was this idea that the world is much smaller than you would think. Especially th- thanks to social media. Yeah, and I think that's really interesting. I think in the past, it was intimidating to go to a major market. Mm-hmm. But nowadays, you can kind of find a you can Kevin Bacon, that whole seven yeah. degrees thing. You can well, find somebody who knows somebody. If you move out there and you know one person in L.A., you go on their Facebook page or whatever, and it, but you have 10 mutual friends that you never even knew. Yeah. And you have this network, this kind of ghost network yeah. that you can tap into. It's great. Yeah, and I I think it's fun too. Like when you start playing that game, it's the loosest of connections become significant. Oh, I know so and so's brother's grandma. That's amazing. It's just yeah. a, a starting. Have you point. been to the farm? Oh yeah. yeah, I've been to the farm. Great, cool. cool. Yeah, Next thing you know, you're starts the conversation your exactly. So I don't know but, where the farm is, but yeah, everybody's got a farm. <laughs> everybody's somebody's grandma's cousin's got a farm. So um, anyway, but yeah, just so expand I think the network. That's definitely cool. I'm excited about this show he was talking about. It sounds kind of fun. Baskets. Baskets. Yeah. yeah. I like Louis C.K. I know you love him. You're a well, huge fan. I'm huge not, fan of self-deprecating he's not, humor. He's not my fave, but I do like <laughs> Zach Delafanakis. Galifianakis? Galifianakis, because I think he's so random. He is he's random. so weird. He lost a ton of weight recently. Yeah. Anyway, out of there. Um, so, yeah, man. Anything there's, there's new with you? Few, new things to check out. Anything to, that no. you want to add or put a, a coda or a period on this sentence? Oh, it's been a great show. Oh, yeah. Captain America Civil War. Oh, my God. You, you didn't go see it, did you? Oh, I loved it. Oh, my God. Dude, it's amazing. Are you serious? Absolutely. Oh, that's that's just gross. It's one of the best oh, superhero films. Horrible. Of all time. Wow. And if you go to- Is that the one where, like, Spider-Man comes in, and they just basically had this giant, like- Battle in an airport. Yeah, it's great. It's a basically comic book circle jerk. It's fantastic. Yeah, if you go to uh, Rotten Tomatoes, the critics give it a 90%. Oh, I'm sure they do. Wow. 90. Yeah. Dude, I'm because sure it's so do. political yeah. and deep. And yeah, I'm it's sure a great, it's it really is. So political and so deep. Yeah. God, you're such a positive individual. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, uh, everybody out there, discount everything that Brandon says and go see <laughs> Captain America Civil War. And enjoy it. Just enjoy it for what it is. Yeah, I'm Don't sure it's think great. too much about it. It's probably awesome. But then realize that, oh, it has you thinking deeper than you thought you'd think. So yeah. it's great. Yeah, look, it, for some people, it's yeah. great. Exactly. Yeah. For some people that like to enjoy life and <laughs> be happy and not drown in their bourbon sorrows. Superhero movies, anyway, come on. What have you been doing? Well, I haven't been watching superhero movies. Yeah. What I've been doing has been BMX biking, dude. No, you have not. Yeah, I have. No. I've got yeah, I've got a rad bike. Me You're like my, seven feet tall. You can't bike. I got BMX bike. I got a I got a uh, I got a seven year old son, and we we're just tearing it up, man. We're tearing up the neighborhood. We're loving it. And nice. then the other the stuff I've been watching is um me and my daughter have how to BMX bike. No, oh. but me and my daughter have been watching. Although if you want a good BMX, Dave Mira trick. If you want a good BMX bike movie, you need to watch Rad. It's from like the '80s, and the main character's name is Crew. And he the the whole movie climaxes to when he has to race on Hell Track. Sounds about as bad as Point Break. Oh, it's freaking awesome! But the big thing is for him to win, he has to do this maneuver where he has to pull a backflip off the main ramp on Hell Track. And the bad guy in the movie is the same bad guy from Karate Kid One with the blonde hair. Oh God, he's in it. It's phenomenal. This is from the nineties, the eighties, eighties. It's called Rad. R A D. Check it out, Rad. It's awesome. Uh, but rad, what rad is rad? Yeah, but what I have been watching, um, we're, me and my daughter are finishing uh, the Cosmos series with Neil deGrasse Tyson. Oh, the new one. Yeah, it's awesome. So we got like two shows left, good. and it's fun, man. So it's been yeah. really interesting and cool. We, me and her, have had some great conversations, but it's um, learning, it's blowing my mind. So it's pretty cool. So that's it, man. We've been doing that, and then uh, obviously we're we're hot and heavy on the uh, production for a uh, commercial we're doing with. Um, University of Cincinnati. I think I can say it. I'm not are sure. You're allowed to say that now? I might get in trouble. I'm not Jesus. sure. Wow. But uh, either way, we are doing it, and it's going to be a lot of fun. It's very story-driven, um, and it's uh, it doesn't really push the whole like football and stadiums and sports. It's very much about, about the, people. the exploratory nature of life. No doubt. That it's about bad. as that deep. That was vague, right? It's about as deep as <laughs> Captain America Civil War. Yeah. 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 Really I don't deep. think it'll go that deep. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. We're getting deep. Civil War, Captain America, guys in tight suits, (laughs) all superheroes coming together to battle. Deep. That's a little much. That's like a whole other level of university. Yeah, Uh, deep. (laughs) Anyway, anyway, yeah, we got some cool stuff coming up, Um, and I'm excited. But you know, I think uh, you know one of the things I want to reiterate is how awesome it's been to have great partners like Cineo. Um, You know, I've been able to have some great conversations with them uh, offline about you know some of their products and. We're going to get them on the show. I think we're shooting for next week. 
to interview with some people from their product development team to really talk about the line of stuff they they offer, how it can really play to, to the audience of filmmakers that what type of stuff is going to work well for them. So yeah. we're hoping to get them on the show. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be really cool. Talk through the tech. And then um, before May ends, we're going to get our interview with our last city in the production series, Chicago. And so we've got a couple guys that we know that we're trying to work to get them on the show. Um, yep. I won't give that away just yet, but we, uh, we're we going to hopefully have a, a good interview from Chicago. So Good rest pretty, of the month. Yeah, yeah. so it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and then we have some exciting new bourbons coming. We still haven't decided how we're going to roll out that calendar, but we've got um, some double features, so some distilleries that have two types of bourbons that mm-hmm. are going to do back-to-back. We've got a month takeover coming from a, mm-hmm. a major bourbon brand, which is really exciting. So all that's coming up. It's uh, And then month of June, can we go ahead and tell them? We can tell them, right? You can tell them whatever you for want. The mo- for the month of June, our show partner is our good friends from Whipster. And we are always Inside. excited to have them be a part of the show. Um, and They're giving away NZ coffee all month long. <laughs> all month long. All you can drink. So um, so anyway, yeah. a lot of fun here at FTB. If you haven't had a chance, uh, go to iTunes, FTB podcast on iTunes, rate or Filmmakers Drinking Bourbon. Uh, rate and review is always great. It really helps us out to get the message out, to get the word out. Um, well, so, plus, it just helps us sculpt this show to yeah. you know, what you want to hear. Yeah, we love to hear your feedback. That's, you know, so the check that out. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. It's at FTB Podcast. Yes, uh, it we're is. always posting. We're always retweeting. Um, it's just fun. And then lastly, don't forget, we've started a community on Slack. Mm-hmm. It's called the FTB Community. It's on Slack. It's the one with the hashtag. Go to our website at fdbpodcast.com. You'll see it on the banner heads. It's on the right-hand side. Click on that. It'll take you to a link to send a request. If we get a request from you, we'll send you an invite to this group. This is an invite-only filmmaker online community. Very cool. Yeah. We want to build this up to where people are engaged. They're on there. They're sharing reels. They're having real talk. We have all sorts of different categories. Like Brandon said, we have a reels category. We have a cinematography and editing, you know, a green room where you can just kind of make introductions. It's really great. We've already had a lot of participation. So and it's it's early stages. So you guys are part of the early community and you'll help shape what it looks like. But we really think it could be a cool place for filmmakers to really gather and connect and, um, just just cool community. No doubt. Awesome. No doubt. So, anyway, very cool stuff right. coming up. Exciting times. Cheers. Great show. Cheers. This podcast was recorded live at Sound Images Studio. Find out more at soundimages.com.